Hello everyone, and welcome back to Cinema Gems, and as always, I'm your host, the Admirable Admiral, and as always, we are in a video store somewhere in your hometown, so come find us. Yes, video stores still exist, and of course, you're probably wondering, wait, you said we. No, I did not mean we in the royal we, as in the Queen's English, because now it's the King's English, but no, I'm talking about we, as in the Fantastic Miss Frida and the Honorable Tesla's, and Tesla, Tesla. I don't know what where that came from, Tesla. But the Honorable Tesla is here. And of course, you don't hear them, but I assure you, three minutes ago, they were chewing on their food and eating it. But of course, the illustrious Butt Maestro is here. How's it going, buddy? The, the Honorable Tesla disapproves of his uh, name being butchered on air. But hi, Admiral, and hi, everyone. Welcome back to Cinema Gems. We are another show on the internet where a bunch of opinionated nerds talk about the shit they love. In our case, mostly movies. Uh, the Admiral suggested last week a movie on Hulu that I had not heard of until uh, he mentioned it. And he did specify to me to not watch the trailer before I watched the movie. So I went into this movie completely blind. Completely blind. And I have to say, even before we give a rating, before we talk about the movie, I also recommend that approach. Fully. Uh, if you haven't... It gives away one of the best jokes. If The trailer gives away one of the best jokes. If you haven't jokes. seen this movie, and the base premise of it sounds interesting to you, go watch it before you listen to our spoilery review. Because we're going to nitpick. We're going to talk about the things that the movie did that maybe it could have amped up. And maybe the aspects of the plot that kind of didn't really matter in the long term. And they really could have just left out or really downplayed significantly. Uh, I do have some nitpicks about this movie, but it was fun. Uh, and I think before we mention anything plot-related in this movie, we have to talk about the dynamic between our main two, Aquafina and Sandra Oh, uh, playing sisters. Now, Aquafina usually is typecast as the loud, annoying friend who is accidentally right sometimes and has kind of a heart of gold. And Sandra Oh... I haven't seen a ton of her career, but I know that she's uh, been playing, correct me if I'm wrong, I've never actually watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy, but I know her character is kind of one of the straight men in that show, right? Correct. Correct. So both of these actors playing very much against type, and I think they both do it very well. Can we also mention another person that plays against type? Go for it. And that is actually two other people is Jason Schwartzman and Will Ferrell. I gotta say, I don't think they're playing against type. I think Jason Schwartzman is basically doing a slightly toned-down version of Gideon. Okay. From Scott Pilgrim. And Will Ferrell is playing a slightly toned-down version of his Trebek from Celebrity Jeopardy on SNL. But see... I think that's why he was perfect for this. He was so fucking wholesome in this... Yeah, no, that's the thing. He He... he toned down all the sarcasm from that portrayal of his Trebek, and this was really a tribute to the good heart of Alex Trebek. Yes. And I actually wish the movie would have played into that more. I like the I liked the time that he was on screen. I thought it was just enough. I feel like if it was any more, it wouldn't be as wholesome as it was. That's how I feel about Will Ferrell's character. Okay. Now, Jason Schwartzman's character, Wow. Actual racism. Wow. Sorry, that part made me laugh too. So, uh, 
TLDR of the plot of this movie, um, and played by Aquafina. And by the way, this movie is produced by Will Ferrell and a bunch of other people that are in this movie, including Aquafina and Sandra Oh. Uh, the the script written by Jen D'Angelo, uh, and we will talk more about her later, I'm sure. And when she's a little girl, loves this show that's totally not Jeopardy quiz show. Can't stop the quiz. Yeah. Can't stop the Can't quiz. Can't stop the quiz. Totally not Jeopardy. Hosted by totally not Alex Trebek, Will Ferrell. Uh, and she loves this show, watches it consistently every time it comes on since she was like five. Meanwhile, her family is uh, chaotic to say the least. Uh, her older sister. That's putting it lightly. Yeah. Her, her older sister away. is absolutely fucking wild, and her mom is also absolutely fucking wild, and their dad is in and out of the picture constantly. She has a tumultuous, to say the least, home life, and a lot of that is calmed, like, this quiz show, this routine of watching this quiz show and upping her own knowledge gradually over time is her comfort space, is her safe space. It's... Uh, it's more therapeutic than anything. I love Aquafina's portrayal of this character because not only is it so against type for everything she's done so far, but it's also a I think a very uh, heartfelt and uh, thought out, thought through portrayal of someone with serious agoraphobia and serious social anxiety. Because she has gotten incredibly good at trivia over time, but her only obstacle is the social and real-life competitive aspect of that game. Which both of us... Holy shit, is that so which relatable. Which both of us can probably equate to, yes. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners can also relate to as well. I mean, I, I sound off in the comments, go to cinemagems15 at gmail.com and email us. Do you also suffer from severe social anxiety? Is it also really hard for you in, like, big, open, competitive format things to really shine the way you want to? Because, uh, yeah, fucking relatable. That's why we do this show. Uh, I just want to say to all the listeners out there that didn't hear it, Tesla grunted at the Bub Maestro's comment. Just wanted you guys to know, so the Honorable Thank Tesla, you, Tesla has anxiety as well. Thank you, Tesla. That's why I've loved that dog so much. He's great. Speaking of loving that dog, uh, Anne also has a dog. Well... It's kind of her sister's dog, who she just dropped on Anne, but still calls her dog. Mr. Linguini. I don't know about you, Admiral. I definitely know someone who's done exactly that. Yep. Yep. It's no one that's appeared on the show. I'm not going to mention them by name. But we all know someone who has done that. Who has got a pet for the sake of having a pee and a little Instagram trophy to show off on social medias. And then drops them with someone else when they're done having fun with them. When it comes to the actual responsibility of uh, taking care of a creature, a animal, a friend, a companion, they're like, nope, I don't want this emotional responsibility and dump that off onto someone else, but still claim it as their dog. Like, no, fuck you. Yep. Fuck off. Uh, so basically, um, uh, Anne's sister Jenny stays with her and she realizes that hey um, Anne really is good at this can't stop the quiz show so she secretly records her and puts it all over Twitter and Reddit and TikTok and all that yeah, yeah. Um, come to find out 
Uh, she's a sensation. Um, and everybody loves the quiz lady. So she gets opted to, you know, so people start at work, start recognize her, and then she leaves. And while this is going on, the kind of B plot of this movie slash the thing that's supposed to be more of a driving force for her in this movie, but I think it kind of falls flat and kind of goes unresolved. Uh, her mom has a whole bunch of gambling debt and has fucked off to South America. Meanwhile, the people that she's indebted to kidnap Anne's dog and say, if you don't get us the money by X date, we're going to kill your dog. Yeah. I was going to say my opinion, a little bit better. This subplot was totally unnecessary. I was going to say a little bit better than that. This This whole gambling debt subplot Totally unnecessary, in my opinion. I really wish the movie focused more on her owning her skills as a trivia contestant and sharpening her knowledge and practicing and getting better in social situations in order to get better at this game. Because that would have put her in such incredible stark contrast and it made us want to root for her more if we would have gotten to know her competitor uh, Jason Schwartzman who's the long running champion of the show and to anyone who's watched Jeopardy clearly a parallel clearly a caricature of some of the people who have gone on as Jeopardy champions for way too long using some not illegal but kind of dickish methods yep um so basically, she has to quote unquote pay eighty thousand dollars in debt to Ken, the loan shark. Um, so, as the butt maestro said, takes the dog, starts sending pictures. So they head to regionals of absolutely spoiling 100%. the dog. So heads to regionals, which is in Philadelphia. And by the way, guys, um, any part of this movie that's not shot in California um, is probably shot in and around New Orleans. In New Orleans. To the point that when Anne went to the audition, that that hotel, yeah, I've the Admiral and I have gone to Comic Cons in that hotel. I've played Mardi Gras balls um, in that hotel. Specify anime conventions. I, I know that anime hallway. conventions. Yeah, we we don't want to get emails. Yeah. I mean, we'd love to get emails, but it's anime conventions. You and I are also the kind of people that would show up to a Comic Con in anime costume and show up to an anime thing in a Star Wars yeah. costume. Star Wars all year round, bro. Star we've Wars both, all year round. We've both done that. Uh, it's, it's... So, yeah. so uh, my favorite joke in the entire movie that's ruined in the trailer is when Jenny locks Anne in the trunk and Anne breaks out and Jenny loses control of the car, safely avoids a vehicle and, you know, gets, it's up on the side of the road and a truck w- rolls by and oh, yes. learns how to drive, lady! Racist! Turns out, was an Asian man driving the truck. Right. That was the last shot of the trailer, and I'm so glad I did not watch it because it would have ruined my favorite joke. I laughed so hard at the joke. Patron laughed so hard at the joke when we rewatched it. And guys, that that was a that yeah. was a funny moment. And then um, uh, she meets Tony Hale, aka Benjamin Franklin, uh, which. Loved his character. Thought his character. I I loved his constant attempts to be period accurate while also wrestling with modern technology. Very Renfest vibes. And I also love 
whenever uh, Janice shows up on screen, he's like, oh, the devil. Hello, Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Satan. Um... Oh, uh, and then the whole Benedict and to be the fair, Benedict Arnold. She she is she is yes. Satan. The Benedict Arnold um, uh, joke was hilarious too. About the eggs Benedict was amazing. That was a great bit. Um, so to me, when the movie gets to Philadelphia, is when it really starts hitting its stride. That's when it just takes the fuck off. Like after the first Agreed. act. Agreed. It takes the fuck off. Yeah. It knows exactly what it wants to be. It's really good. It's really great. She kills it in the auditions while on hallucinogens. I mean, that's the best way to put it. I, I had some. Yeah. No, I, it, it, that, that's exactly what happens is her sister tries to give her one little tiny hallucinogen. She takes the whole bag. Uh, and anyone who's ever you know, taking some, taking way too much of something that you never really take. Uh, you know, we all have a story of eating too much of an edible and not knowing how fucking potent it was until whoops, that hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, basically I, I imagine it's something similar. That's kind of what they were going for. Also the, uh, quiz host the, in, in the uh, audition, fucking Tawny Newsom. That's who she is. That's, That's uh, who she is? Well, heck, come on. Uh, she's Captain Angela Ali in Space Force, and she's Beckett. She's Beckett Mariner in okay, Lower Decks. That's who I thought she was. That's who I thought she Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Okay. She's big salute. She's awesome, and she was awesome in this. I wish that she had more screen time. I wish that there were more audition rounds. I wish that the movie actually took time to show her getting better over time instead of just this one quick show and this one quick montage of her uh, kind of cheating to overcome her social anxiety by being on all kinds of drugs. Yeah, which, by the way, PSA uh, PSA for people taking... Don't, no, don't do well, drugs. Besides don't, that. Don't, yeah, don't... Don't take something you've never taken before in a high-stress situation. Besides that, take a little bit, wait 45 yeah. minutes, and if the devil's ripping your... Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Can I can I say my analogy first, but my share, before you cut me off? I was agreeing with you. I know, but I wasn't done with my joke. I wasn't... Well, carry on. I will. So, guys, basically, take a little bit, wait 45 minutes... If the devil is not ripping your skeleton out of your kneecaps, you're good. If it is, maybe take a little bit of a break, guys. I'm. It, this also gets chalked up to uh, overly exaggerated fiction, fictitious uh, takes on how drugs affect you. Because I don't know anyone that's tripped that hard. Oh, well, she did take, what, like eight pills of hallucinogens, and she was only supposed to take an eighth? So we don't know what she did. Like, Patron pushed it back, like, made me rewind it back to see what it was, and we didn't know what it was. Like, we couldn't specify what it was. My my best guess is some kind of LSD or Molly. Probably. A mixture of probably both. So Lots of things I've never taken. So, 100%. Same. I, I wouldn't know. Same. So, so she wins, um, and I love that. I lo- I love that when it's it's flip it it's show it or act it out uh, on the on the 
little rounds in uh, the hotel that we used to hang out in anime conventions. Uh, it was Say It, and I love how she's like, Victory's mine! <laughs> and she just names all the best movie winners. <laughs> and I love that Sandra was like, Yes! The clouds are alive! You know, it's an ancient Chinese root. <laughs> and that one Asian guy in the back's like, What the hell? What are you talking about, man? What? It was very nice to see that uh, Sandra O's character, Jenny, uh, in this audition, wasn't as much of an agent of fuck everything up chaos as she was earlier in the movie. She actually, this is a, this is someone who isn't used to showing support, doing their best to show support and they don't fully know how, but it's accidentally working. Everyone in this movie has character growth except for Anne's mother and the lady at the old folks home. Every other character (laughs) has growth has yeah growth or it's cathartic and i just wish i wish we could have seen more of that growth throughout the movie correct they should have to be honest with you they should have killed her mom they should have killed her mom they should have i think the mom the mom was irrelevant in this movie yep i think the gambling debt could have been completely left out yep i think the the problem with their mom could have been Oh, she ran away. Oh, she's she's being taken care of. She's fine. Let's not worry about her. By the way, let's audition for this show. Oh, I'm super socially awkward. I don't want to be on stage in front of people. Okay, but you're really, really good at this. Come on, we can practice the social aspects of it. Have her play in bars. Have her play in smaller venues. Start making a they they start making a uh like a bar trivia team, and she starts to organically get out of her shell that way. Uh, I, I don't know. I think the the whole B plot of the mom's gambling debt and the dog getting kidnapped. While I really loved how they handled the dog getting kidnapped because the dog was in no way actually nope. hurt. That was a really fun twist. That this is a rescue center and they're actually genuinely take like when they say we're going to take your dog and they're not going to come back to you. They mean we're going to spoil the ever living shit out of your dog to the point of them not wanting to go home with you, which by the way, which I think is really wholesome, which which, by the way, not saying, not saying that I ever would become a, 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 you know, a gangster or anything, but if I did, I'd probably be that kind of thing. I could see, I could see this being the most evil thing. 100%. 100%. 100% giving that dog a, a massage when uh when it's on the on the bed like staring back like it needs constant attention and it's just like hey hey how's it going hey that was really fun and i can't personally think of a way that you take that out of the movie uh or a way that you keep that in the movie and kind of fulfill that wholesome joke while also taking out the totally unnecessary mom has problems again i really wish this movie would have just focused more on the jeopardy of it on the quiz show of it so then uh they head back home uh but they have a big old fight uh jenny and um uh ann they have a big giant fight yeah um and come to find out that ann um shit in a hole and when they were visiting their cousins in California and Jenny covered for her, but never told her. Um, so she, so Jen, Jenny's like, you're the fucking asshole. 
like, because you think that you did this, but it really, I did this for our family. So, of course, they're yeah. both lack of communications wrong. Like, Jenny could have said, hey, that was me, actually, that, that saved your ass when they were in the hospital. But, you know, it's fine. It showed itself appropriately. That's fine. This is this movie's version of recycling the old rom-com trope of the misunderstanding that divides you. That that I don't need to give examples of all of the times that have been that has been used in rom coms in particular, the moment where the two people have you know they they hear part of a conversation and freak out about it, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Again, countless examples. Watch any rom com. Um, and so then, uh, Mercedes calls uh, Jenny, who's in front of Noma. By the way, if you're looking around, going around New Orleans. Yep. Noma. I, I know that. I know that building. Uh, and so then uh, she's like, oh, I'm no longer part of her journey. And Mercedes, a.k.a. Uh, Beckett, is like, journey? Where'd she go? She calls Anne. Anne's like, hey, um, you know, yeah, I'll take it. But some of her quote-unquote friends in her workplace are eating um, sushi from Rouse's. I don't know if you caught that. Oh. Yes. Sushi from Roush's. And also uh, the the uh, her her male co-workers eating the sushi and the female co-worker is I'm pretty sure that's Swapper Jack's food that she was eating in that container. Uh, it, it is. Because she's like, it's very spicy. It totally was. And I'm like, hmm, what could that be? Nah. Hmm. Um, so then she heads off, but she goes to Francine, her next door neighbor. And she's like, hey, look, I need you to... Played by, played by the amazing Holland Taylor. Now, Admiral, do you know what I know her from? I I don't live in your brain, but I can assume what... Do you remember the Brennan Fraser George of the Jungle movie? Yes. She was Ursula's mom. Oh my god, that was her? Yeah, that cut. Wow. Excuse my language. Wow. But, like, you watch that movie and tell me that's not how you're going to describe that character. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, she was great in this as the delusional neighbor next door with nothing better to do than to bitch about every movement you ever made. Everyone who has ever rented an apartment has dealt with this kind of neighbor at least once. This character is one of the most relatable aspects of this movie. Uh, I actually know her from The Truman Show. It's also... One of my biggest gripes with this movie, because the whole switcheroo with the end, the whole reason Anne confides in her, is because Francine reveals, oh, my favorite game ever is charades. Oh, charades just happens to be my one weak spot in this game, uh, because of the gimmick they introduced. Come on the show with me. And she ends up not using her on the show! What? For, for good reason. I understand the sister movement. I understand the sister moment. But that makes bringing Francine along just a waste of time. No, it doesn't, because then we get... And a waste no, of No, it doesn't, character. because the, we, then we get Paul Rubin's last role ever on film. Oh, wow, you're right. Is this role. This was his last role before he passed away, yes. wasn't it? Totally not Alan Cummings. No, it's Paul Rubin's, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman. To be fair... I kind of understand why you'd get them mixed up. They do look a little similar. Yeah, they're kind of old white men. I mean, come on. Come on. 
<laughs> so we're at the quiz show. Uh, we're in California or Ontario, whichever you want to, whichever you want to specify. And we get to meet Will Ferrell's character, uh, Terry McTeer, which, by the way, Terry McTeer, and he's such a sweetheart. Yep. Uh, and also, it's a weird nod. So every time he changes his bow, you know how they said he's never changed, he's never had it wore the same bow tie twice. That's a yep. nod. He has a different bow tie for every every set of contestants. That's a nod to um, Vanna White never wearing the same dress for an episode of Wheel of Fortune. Oh, yep. that's really cute. Uh, and I I loved Will Ferrell's portrayal of this character. I thought it was the most genuine, heartfelt thing in this movie to me this is my favorite feral role he's ever done it's the 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 scene that he has with it's up there for me same the scene that he has with Anne, and he talks about each character that was on yep it's just like what the fuck will ferrell where has this been every bow tie reminds him of a different contestant and every contestant that the bow tie reminds him of it wasn't the winner of that show but it was the most memorable person. And every time he gets to host a new group of contestants, he doesn't care about the winners. He cares about the individual people and their journey to get to this show and them doing their damn best on this show. Yep. Because you're not, you're not here. Holy shit. What else do you want from a you're host? You're not here to learn. Let's just have fun out there. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's so, it's just, oh. It's it's amazing. Yeah, I agree. This is one of, if not my favorite, Will Ferrell role. And I need, I want a whole movie of this guy. I want a prequel. Thank you. I want the prequel where Jason Schwartzman's character starts winning on the show. And I, I really wanted to see more, like, I think they could have taken out the obvious things that make him a bad guy. Like, the racism. Um, when he starts losing his mind and being a big baby, I think they could have made him more relatable and more complex by having him be a genuinely intelligent person who is gaming aspects of the game that technically aren't cheating, but kind of dishonorable. Oh, so the charade part is you know, where you think he was quote-unquote cheating? Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah. The charades part, well, and just being a smug at know-it-all yep. asshole. We all have had, met one person in our life that's been that person. We all know. I'm sorry, Admiral. That's been me while playing Mario Kart recently. I didn't say it. You did. It's okay. I, I fully admit, look, the reason I don't play a whole lot of competitive games is because I do have an inner competitive monster that I don't like. So, uh, the maestro becomes psycho when he plays Mario Kart. Is that what you're saying? I I become a little bit of an asshole when I play Mario Kart because it's been my comfort game for so long. My, my goal to myself when I eventually get three stars in everything, every track, every difficulty, including 200, I'm probably going to get a blue shell tattooed okay, on me somewhere. Fine, but you also have to enter a Mario Kart contest, and I have to sit there and feed you hallucinogens and, <laughs> and give you a bag of chips. It's like you're a you're like a boxer or something. God, you're amazing. <laughs> God damn it. Um, 
Where, so, where were we in the plot so, of this movie? So basically, I think we're at like the final. Yeah. Anne freezes up. Uh, she calls Terry dad on air. Um, and he doesn't really, he shakes it off like, Hey, how's it going? Glad you're here. Um, and so then, uh, they have their, they have their moment and she finally hits her point where she's like freaking out. She's like, Oh my God. Oh God. And we have everybody watching. We have that random guy from the Philly bar, which is in a really Philly bar. It's in new Orleans and you got her coworkers and you got Tony Hale and you see everybody's reaction is hilarious. The warriors comment Put Patron laughed so hard at that. <laughs> Warriors! <laughs> um, and so, Amazing. like, in general, she finally hits her stride with the geology-like question. And she hits it. And she keeps going. And she keeps going. And then all I gotta say is that when Mr. Linguini comes back, because Jenny went and got her got her, the dog back, but she released all the other dogs to get Mr. Linguini back because she has her Chuchi's money. Um, cause fun fact, her Chuchi's money is actually real and it's actually happening. So <laughs> while that's going on, um, I genuinely almost cried when Linguini and Anne were running to go see each other. I was like, Oh my God, this is beautiful. Yep. This well, is- I also fully expected Linguini to just pass her up, <laughs> oh. just ignore her. <laughs> And I love that. Uh, I love that they they, so they incited they incited chanting the quiz lady quiz dog quiz dog quiz dog. And Will Ferrell was even like quiz dog quiz dog. Wow, it's like we're in a musical. Yeah, right. Uh, so then we get to the uh, the show it round. And as the butt maestro said, he was very upset that Francine wasn't used. Which, by the way, did you notice her uh, her apartment number? Oh, I didn't. Francine's apartment number is six six six. LOL. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? That's extra funny because she seems like the kind of person that would complain about having that apartment number randomly assigned to her. Or love it. Either way. It's one of the nah. other. Nah. She probably wouldn't notice. She probably wouldn't notice. <laughs> uh, You're probably right. So uh, uh, so Francine gets pissed, goes and sits down with the dog. Uh, and then they have their whole... Uh, uh, Hecock makes it makes a move and kind of like really like the Magna Carta, like Margaret Thatcher. What? How did you get? Okay, cool. Out of all that, cool. But this is where it really shows that uh, is that this is the sister bond. Like that moment where you look at your sibling and you're like, I'm not taking out the trash. You're taking out that trash. Like that's the moment where she's like taking out the trash. Christy Yamaguchi. Oh my God. Just like it's just so rapid that it was so genuinely real, and then I love that I love that Jason Schwartzman does not Jason Schwartzman's real life persona, his actual character uh, used a kind of racist comment, or and not a not a not like racist comment, an actual. He, he lashed out. He lashed out, and his inner insecurities really showed. Yep. Uh, and uh, I love that Terry's like. I think you need to buzz off, Ron. Oh, would an old man say that? And I'm just like, yes, yes. Uh, I think it would have been it would have been even more fun for them to really steer into how similar this character was to Alex Trebek, and have him in that moment not be a goofy old man that's like kind of corny, like buzz off. I think they could have pulled the 
I'm a Vietnam vet. I could kill you with my pinky. Fuck off. I don't think that would have meshed well with his character that we would have that we already established. I don't know. I just th- I really think it's just incredibly badass whenever a genuinely kind person reveals that they have the skill and knowledge to absolutely destroy you easily without breaking a sweat, but they ch- actively choose not to. Okay. We, well, you know what? We can both agree that's, that's to disagree. That's killing to me. We can both agree to disagree on that one. Okay, that's fair. Uh, that's so, fair. wins. Uh, Anne wins, and she comes on to be 90, was it 93rd or 94th uh, consecutive See, games? She does beat Jason Schwartzman's character in consecutive 93 games. 93 yes. consecutive games. Uh, holds the record for the longest string. And then she becomes a writer for the show. To use her knowledge and facts. Which is uh, Patron was kind of upset. She wanted her to be the host. And I'm like, maybe they'll do that for the sequel or whatever. Um, That's what I'm thinking, too. That makes the most sense. And then uh, she pays off Ken. Uh, uh, Jenny pays off Ken with her Chuchi's money um, all of the month. And they go to Chuchi's every day. And then Francine dies, presumably in Paul Rubens' golf cart, I'm assuming. Probably. Yeah. That, that's that's what I just accepted, and that makes the most sense yeah. to me. Uh, and it's just nice that it's really wholesome and really good. And then you see Mr. Linguini gets 200K a post, and it shows that maybe capitalism has gone too far. That is the most realist thing <laughs> in this movie ever, is that. that. That is one of the handful of times that I laughed out loud in this yeah. movie. So, so, guys, we're just saying, go check out Quiz Lady. It's really good. It's really fun. It's not getting a lot of advertisement, and I feel it's because a lot of people watched the trailer and was like, eh. Watched the third event and was like, eh. But after the th- at, when it gets into the two-thirds, like after that first act, the movie really hits its stride. And I feel that a lot of people jumped off too early and not set in and went on the entire ride. And I feel like that's why it really peaked the first two weeks and kind of petered off. So, we have a rating system here on Cinema Gems. A full gem, an amazing movie, and half a gem, an alright movie. A no gem, a horrible movie. But, Maestro, what do you give Quiz Lady? This is a solid half gem for me. uh, Because I think there are some plot points that are a little bit wasted and unnecessary. And some really good plot points and character betrayals that I wanted a lot more of. That I feel like we kind of missed out on. I hope there's a sequel or a follow-up or a prequel to this. Where they change the tone a little bit. They kind of trim the unnecessary plot points. uh, And the unnecessary over-exaggerated tension. And really just focus on the competitive aspect of someone who is very socially anxious. Slowly warming up to the idea of, of this show being their comfort zone. That's really kind of what I wanted in this movie, and I don't feel like I quite got that all the way, but I still really liked it, and it's still really fun, and if you have an afternoon to burn, it's a good watch. It's only 99 minutes, guys. Just over an hour and a half. Um, I personally feel it's in the lower tier of a full gym. I really enjoy this movie, mainly mainly because the the last two-thirds to me was really good. I almost cried twice when Mr. Languini was there, um, showed up to, 
to Anne when she went to go grab and to pet him to focus on the on the the questions really got to me. Emotional support exactly. animal. And then yeah. when she revealed to her sister that on live television that you're my hero, it just hit me. Like that's when I was like, damn. That was cute. Damn. That was really, really cute. So yeah, guys. That's I agree with her character though that that show it or tell it uh, gimmick is a really yeah. dumb gimmick. Tell it, man, and takes away from the intelligence of the show. Yeah, tell tell it or show it. It's a really dumb gimmick. I agree with Anne. Exactly. It's, it's oh, and um, for all the listeners out there that's wondering, yes, the fantastic Miss Frida did think Mister Linguini was kind of cute. Was kind of cute. Um, I can see that. Yeah, and Frida also, did you choice. like Miss Angel Hair? Good, good taste. The the second pug that they got for the McMansion f- for uh oh for Mr. Linguini. Yep, that was really cute. But also, isn't Angel Hair uh, a euphemism for for a drug? Uh, I think it's Angel Dust, buddy. Yeah. Ah, okay. Which, cool. by the Never way, mind. can we talk about the music Watermelon? Watermelon Sugar. You know what that song insinuates, right? Watermelon Sugar. Okay. No, it's about cuddlingus on a woman, buddy. Oh, nice. Yep. So, this is your time to shine, but Maestro, about the music. I mean, it was mostly just pop songs. But they were good pop songs. There, there wasn't they were a good whole pop song. There wasn't a whole lot of score, and it was well, it was pop songs that we're all very, 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 very familiar with. They literally went through the top twenty. Uh, most popular pop songs between 2022 and 23 and went yeah let's go with those some of them accidentally fit the context or the vibes of the scenes that they were used in some of them i don't think really did uh but your experience with these may vary because different songs have different meanings to different people depending on the situations they've been in and the things they associated these songs with like I I love the song Pompeii, but I also have a lot of close friends who can't stand to hear it anymore because they heard it in uh, shitty, creepy bars too many times, and it reminds them of creeps, mm. and that's totally understandable. That that's kind of the risk you run using pre-known pop music in your movie is you don't know what your listeners associate that song with. You know, oh, I understand. So. Yeah. I, th- I think it was an okay use of some simple pop songs. They went easy and safe with the soundtrack on this. Uh, all right, guys. I don't know if a big John Williams score would have been appropriate. Oh, my God, this guy. All right, guys. So that has been our show. Thank you, Marty and the Arrogant Observer, for allowing us to be on your website, lowrankpictures.com. Please go on to your 30 tab, guys, and please go give them some love. And also, Kevin George, thank you for letting us use your music. And also, guys, just make sure that you're taking time for yourself relaxing for yourself making sure that you are okay before you can interact with any other human being on the earth and please god i want i want the cinemaniacs to practice something with me real quick uh because this weekend i'm sure they're going to be interacting with a lot of family members maybe some family members that you don't really love talking to they have very limited social battery around i want you to practice something with me i want to take your left hand and turn it flat and then take your right hand flat and vertical and make a T with your hands. Do the simple for timeout. If any of your family members are making you feel uncomfortable, just throw that symbol in their face and walk away. 
because any idiot can recognize the universal symbol for I need to walk away. Oh, see, you could just also pull an admiral and just move four states away from your family. <laughs> you could just do that. That too. Whatever works for you. Whatever improves your mental state. Uh, we just and helps with your mental yeah, stability. We just thought, guys, that this is a movie about family. the The holidays are started, just starting to ramp up. We figured that you know this is about this is a good time to like listen on the way back from hanging out with your family or listening on your quote unquote walk with your cousins before Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, <laughs> um, just to listen to something to relax, you know, re retool so you can get your family. So then you can interact with your family and be like, Hey, look, my family's bad, but they didn't live. They didn't leave me with $80,000 in gambling debt. So, you know, uh, uh, that's what we call gross negligence. Exactly. All right, guys, so just remember to take some time for yourself before you can help others. And also, thank you for all the Swapper, the Swapper Jacks friends. All the Swapper Jacks friends and family. We love you all so much. Thank you for all your amazing input. Please keep it coming. Send it all to cinemagems15, that's a one and a five, at gmail.com. We still look at the emails every day. And I'll be honest, we don't have a ton of them coming in. So if you send us an email... The chances of it being read on the air, as long as I remember to uh, remind the admiral to open the email, are pretty high. I thought we I thought we check it every day. So send them all in. You, you rewrite and stuff, man. You say you check it every day, and then you got to tell me to remind you. I already checked it during the show, man. I already checked. Well, dang it. Well, send your comments and criticism. How wrong am I? Send all that to cinemagems15 at gmail.com. Check out more of our episodes on lowrainpictures.com. But of course, before you do that, you got to go to the year 30 tab and pay our site runners some homage. Uh, And guys, just remember to take some some time for yourself before you can help others. Do not be a flame windmill. windmill. Relax, breathe, and also... Just relax. But remember, guys, to wipe your hooves and see you later. But remember, black lives always matter, Always. Love y'all. Bye, guys. See you later.